12 of Streets and Scholars. I'm Alex Alonso and I'm here with FG. And uh, we're bringing you uh, another another banger. <laughs> hey, no doubt, no doubt. Hey man, I was walking down the street the other day and uh, the brother told me his favorite podcast is Streets and Scholars. I was like, wow, that's impressive. Ah, that's what's up. Shit. I mean, I, I haven't heard that since I was doing the Gangster Chronicles, man. Uh, man, two years ago. You know, people used to say, yeah, man, that's that that podcast is fire but um now they're telling me this one is hey that's what's up man and that was the one i was doing with uh little reg reggie Wright, for those who don't know and um the infamous mob james no doubt i mean i can't believe i sat there for a whole year with this brother <laughs> hey man but y'all had a good thing going you know what i mean that you know inspired and you know hey it was a good thing while when you know while i was going and i want everyone to know man i don't i don't hate mob james at all um, you know, I, I wish him well. He's, you know, he's a grandfather taking care of his grandson. But I, I do have some issues with decisions that he made back in 2000, 2001, 2002 when he was doing what he was doing. And there's nothing that anybody can tell me about that. that I, I don't co-sign any of that. But I don't, I don't wish any ill will on Mob James. I don't wish anyone to do anything to him. In fact, I want him to continue doing what he was doing. But the only way he can continue doing what he was doing is just to man up and admit to what he did and then move on. That's not, that's my only thing. And I, I just bring that up because I got a couple messages saying that, um, I got some animosity towards the dude and I really don't as a person, but I do have the issues. You know, my issue is this, the FBI agent Wade Lee, mm -hmm. he infiltrated the neighborhood. He's a black man. And I wanted to talk about, um, policing, and um, black cops because I was listening to your interview that you did with with um, former mayor of Compton, Omar Bradley, mm -hmm. and he really had some negative things to say about the Compton PD. Obviously, he was pro sheriff, but when you look at the history of the Compton PD, it was mostly a black police force that knew Compton, that grew up in Compton, and there were very few shootings of Compton residents by those officers because they grew up with everybody over there. True, but I'm going to have to go back and correct you on that pro-sheriff uh, statement because I had him sit down with him before, you know, on a personal level and heard him say that one thing about the sheriff is they didn't know Miss Johnson on this street. They didn't know, you know, Miss Jackson on this street. They didn't police the community with care because they didn't grow up in these neighborhoods in order to, you know, have love for the community. So I do got to come in on that and say that I heard, you know, him say that out his own mouth, you know, that um, the sheriffs wouldn't come in and take that same approach as far as getting to know the people in the neighborhood. Exactly. So um, I do get what you're saying, though, as far as. Um, but he ain't pro Compton PD. He got a lot of negative things to say about the Compton PD. Well, the thing about it is, I mean, when you're a mayor, you have to you, 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 you the boss of this town. You know what I mean? So you have to make decisions that, you know, benefit the, the town, not not your personal preferences. But I'm I'm certain that if he could have had a black police department in place doing great, he would have preferred that, believe me. And and that's one of the things that I liked about the old Compton PD is be is that um I believe fifty percent of the police force was black. Yeah, and a lot of them still lived in the neighborhoods in Compton. You know what I mean? I know a few of them that still lived in the uh, um the neighborhoods, you know, I know a few of them that you, you run into at the same bar or nightclub you be at. You know what I mean? And it's not an issue. They 
carried themselves or uh, their job was separate from their personal, you know, um, um, interactions with you, you know. But at the same time, like you say, um, with the murder rate like it was, some decisions did have to be made, you know. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a whole um, complex situation that he, he he was the mayor and he made some decisions. But it, it brings me to a, a thing I was thinking about is how do we look at black cops in the community? Because a lot of us grow up not liking the cops because of experiences that we have as teenagers and, you know, how they're always jacking us up and hemming us up. We and we're mostly dealing with a majority white police force, mm-hmm. no matter where you're at in L.A., Compton, Linwood, it's majority white folks. That's that's hemming you up. But at the same time, if black people are being the police officers and the deputies, a lot of us say they're sellouts, you know, so we, we can't have it both ways. We, we're sick and tired of seeing the majority white cops policing our communities. But when we do see brothers in these positions, when we do see black cops, um, we we call them names, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it all depends on how you look at it. You know, maybe when you look at it as a youngster, you know, and you look at it as a kid, man, this black cop always harassing me or this black cop always taking me to jail, you know, because I have been arrested by the LAPD. I have been arrested by the Linwood Sheriffs and I have been arrested by the Compton PD. And I had a different interaction with all three of them. But at the end of the day, what you have to realize is I was committing crimes every t- single time I went to jail. I didn't never, I've never been to jail maybe once or for nothing. You know what I mean? So you can look at it like, man, with the police black or they white, it don't matter what, what race they are. I committed a crime. They took my ass to jail. You know, now my experience were all different for each one, but um, we can't put that jacket on a black man that's trying to feed his family the way he know how or the way he chose to. You know, I, I don't call them sellouts. I just say that's what 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 uh, job they chose. And at one point, we were just on opposite sides of the of the fence. You know. Well, I think a lot of y- young guys who want to become cops, they think that they can change the world. Like I'm, I've heard people say, "Yeah, I grew up wanting to be a cop because I wanted to make my community great." But when they get into that job, they realize that that ain't never gonna happen. One, one cop really is not gonna have an impact. But it. It brings me back to the Mob James situation because mm-hmm. where, what I blame the most is the FBI infiltrating our communities and using black agents. And when I looked at the whole case, I noticed that Wade Lee, the black FBI agent, that was his handler. And the FBI hires, you know, they hire black people so that they can infiltrate black communities. No doubt. Because let me ask you this. If Mob James came walking in that house on Pine Street with a white dude and said, hey, uh, this is my boy from Vegas, w- would that even have flied? Everybody in that house would have said, man, you got to get him the fuck up out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, no doubt. And that's the reason why, in some instances, there are black agents, because this guy could mesh into the community. They can get themselves into a nightclub and, you know, unsuspected. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're right, you know. And um, and uh, and it's definitely a shame. But at the end of the day, these men do sign up. I'm not mad at the agents themselves. You know what I mean? They chose that job. They chose that career. You know what I mean? But on the flip side, would he would have um, let them give him a white handler? 
you know, when you look at it in that aspect, he might even not have went for that himself. You know what I mean? So, you know, don't, 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 don't. My whole thing is just because, dude, a brother don't let him talk you into doing something, man. You've been a gangster your whole life. You know what I mean? You know, so, but this is what's going on. They're using our own to infiltrate, you know, our, our communities. Yeah, I'm, I'm more critical. I mean, I'm sure people, you can be critical of a guy like Mob James or whoever decides to become an informant, but it takes government infiltration in the first place in order to flip these dudes. So I'm also critical of the gov government infiltration, and that's using guys like Wade Phillips, who's a brother that can come in in Compton and hang out, and everybody's like, oh, okay, cool. You need some, you need some dope? Okay, no problem. Because at the end of the day, what he's doing is dividing the neighborhood. He's dividing the community. The feds are ultimately dividing hoods and, and creating hate against them. You know, well, that's what they sent in to do. You know what I mean? But my problem with it is what they're doing is, you know, especially with that crack law. That crack law was so brutal because all it took was a small amount to get you so much time. And it wasn't like that in the white communities. You know what I mean? So therefore, you know, what I was pissed off at was you guys were targeting, you know, specific amounts and specific um, way it was cooked up in order to get a certain amount of time. If you would have just came to the hood, brought some drugs from me, you would have got some powder. You know, you specifically knew what it took to get me 10 years and you aided and abetted and and, and and getting that done. And that's where I got the problem at. Yeah, I could understand all of that. Uh, but I like to look at the whole system, though, as, right, as right. a whole, because it ain't stop. It's still going on. There's there's another young FG out there getting charged through the same tactics and methods. Right. But you got to realize this, though, that is a system that does that. The system allow these guys to get away with putting certain drugs. You go to the white neighborhoods and they crack them dudes with drugs. They not trying to ramp their charges up. They taking them to jail on whatever they, go, you know, have. You know what I mean? I specifically still think that the FBI, along with other agencies, target the minority, target black people. I think when it comes to that crack cocaine, especially the uh, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, you're right, but, yo, they coming down on anybody who's slanging method. I mean, um, drugs that are laced with fentanyl. That fentanyl is really killing people. White boys are getting stretched out. The dude who sold the drugs to the rapper mm -hmm. Mac Miller, he just got like 30 years. Okay, well, listen to this, though. White dude. I got you. Crack wasn't killing people like that. Crack was harming people. Some people did die. Yeah. Right? At that time, the, the, the Congress said that this is out of hand. We're going to make it so strict that if you get caught with this small amount, we're going to give you 10 years. You notice that they haven't done that with fentanyl, and this drug is laying people out daily, right? Um, notice they haven't did it with that because this is not a black drug. If fentanyl was, was only... And this is on, only my opinion. If fentanyl was only in the black communities, they would have said you get caught with an ounce of fentanyl, we're going to give you 100 years. Yeah. But since it's not, you know, since this is widespread, white, Asians, Latinos, you know, this drug laying down everybody, now it's not a, it's not a, you, you're not going you, to, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. I think that they are talking about this in, uh, in, in government, about creating some laws uh, against fentanyl distribution but i don't think anything has been finalized yet but what, what would be an ideal way to treat the fentanyl distributors that doesn't look uh you know that that's fair against all for all groups well this is what i'm gonna say alex i'm gonna say this 
if you're going to make some kind of mandatory minimum for fentanyl or you're going to make some kind of uh, certain laws for fentanyl, all I'm saying is keep it across the board. You know, don't make it uh, where, okay, if you um, tie fentanyl up in a balloon, we're going to give you an extra five years for that because the people in the in the ghettos tied up in a balloon. That's that's all I'm saying. If you're saying we're going to give you 100 years for an ounce of fentanyl, just make sure everybody get that 100 years for that ounce of fentanyl. That's what, how I stand on it. Yeah, uh, they're definitely going to be um, cracking down with some new laws uh, pertaining to fentanyl, but we are seeing white boys catching some um, – some some long sentences for distributing drugs that are laced with fentanyl. But um, I wanted to come back to your Omar Bradley interview because mm -hmm. I actually thought that was a fascinating, you know, interview, to, an opportunity to talk to to the former mayor. And I was actually surprised uh, at how long you guys knew know each other. I know you mentioned he was your coach right. in our first interview. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize how many, how far back y'all go. Yeah, we went back real far. You know what I mean? His nephew is my godson. I have him tatted on my arm, rest in peace. And um, I was his brother Wayne. I was a pallbearer at his funeral. I know the Bradleys real good, and they always treated me like a Omar. Always treated me really like a son. You know, he was a mentor to me coming up. I learned a lot from him, and um, and um, I appreciated him having him around. As I got older and started to bang and do certain things. Um, he became mayor, you know, we were always tight, but at the same time, I'm out in the street selling drugs, he the mayor, you know what I mean? So, you know, I didn't, I didn't. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy, you know what I mean? And, like you, you could actually tell the police, I know the mayor. Yeah, you know what I mean? And uh, could pull up at his house, you know? And the cold part about it is anytime he would see me or I go to a family function, he would drop them jewels. Like, he, I know exactly what you're doing, get your shit together. But at the same time, you know, um, I was in them streets, and he was, you know, a, a politician, you know. I think his relationship with people like you and, and I mean, basically it's his own family, might have ca caught the eye of prosecutors and the feds. Like, who's this dude, Omar Bradley? How, how he's so connected to the streets? Because I don't think they appreciate a politician that is so tied into the streets. And ultimately, I think, you know, that's my, my opinion is mm -hmm. I think that's the reason why they was prosecuting him in the first place. Well, you know what it was, but he, I felt they believe he was too tied in. You know what I mean? I think in every neighborhood and every, he was just as connected as the, as the, as the biggest drug dealer, as the biggest gang member. You know what I mean? He had pull in, in every neighborhood. You know what I mean? And I believe that when you take a black man, especially of his stature, you know what I mean? He was a, a, a big size dude, muscles, you know, intimidating, you know, to some, you know, and uh, wasn't afraid to speak his mind. You know, you're only going to let that, that, that kind of gentleman go so far before you feel he may get too big. Let's, let's shut this down. So that's a possibility though. And it's not like he was even doing crimes, you know, it wasn't like he's, doing things that deserve being prosecuted. I just feel like whoever the powers that be, they just didn't like the, his get down. Well, exactly. <laughs> no, no, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But if you've seen his get down, sometimes you could see why. You know what I mean? Because when he had an issue in the neighborhood, he didn't have no problem pulling up in that hood, jumping out, hollering at the G homies about it, you know, because he was going to try to, I mean, I had never seen a mayor like this, you know, really a politician. You know what I mean? That was really hands on to say, listen, man, I'm hearing in my office what's going on over here. Almost basically like, man, I'm going to give y'all an opportunity to shut this down because the sheriff is going to do what they're going to do. 
You know what I mean? And 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 sometimes when you just know that somebody else know what you're doing, sometimes that could be enough for you to uh, change directions. Sometimes for some people it's not, you know. But he definitely was like you say, pulling up in, in Lincoln Town car, jumping out with uh, trench coats on, and hollering at you know who he need to holler at. You know he didn't just send the police over to your neighborhood. You know, and I respected that about him. I'm still a bit confused on the whole issue with the Compton PD and I guess associating them as being corrupt. Cause I think on multiple times he has put that label on the police department, but I've always heard good things about the Compton PD. I've always heard that they had a low kill rate. I always heard that they gave dudes passes. I mean, they might catch it. They might catch you with a little sack in your front pocket mm-hmm. because they know you, they know your mother. They'll be like, Hey, don't let me catch you again. You ain't getting none of that with the sheriffs. Well, no, no <laughs> doubt. And like you say, I have been arrested and comped. You know what I mean? You know, and some people will call what they do corrupt. I call certain shit they did love. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. you know what basically he said, you know, by the time you get to court, half of your dope not going to be. That's cool with me. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, you know, I'm cool with that. Or you pull me over and I got a bird in the trunk and you say, man, you want to. Hey, I'm going to hold on to this. Or, 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 and you roll, you cool with that? Hell yeah, I'm cool with that. I take that on the chin all day long. Not yeah. saying that that's what they did. I'm just giving an example of if something like that was to happen, shit for the streets is 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 what it is, you know. So at the end of the day, I believe whatever political response he had to make to whether it was the murders, whether it was whatever internal something that I don't know about that's above my head that was going on in the evidence room, if things were coming up missing, really, I don't know all these details. I'm just saying, you know, uh, he made a decision to do what he felt he needed to do. But from a street perspective, I wasn't happy when the sheriffs came in, believe that. Yeah. So you, you've you already uploaded uh, two parts to the two Omar Bradley? Parts. I have two parts more to upload, yeah. Okay. And uh, how many? Oh, so, so it's a four-part four part series, yeah. Were you able to um, get into the issue with the new mayor that came in, Asia Brown, who was real young when she got elected? Mm-hmm. I think she was 31 when she became right. mayor. Because I knew that there was a lot of tension between Omar and this new girl that got elected. And I was wondering if you got into any of that with him. I didn't get into a detention with him and, 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 and is it Asia, I believe? Asia Brown. Asia Brown. You know, I know a lot of her supporters, personal friends of mine, that's a lot of her supporters. He did not like her. Um, he didn't like her, but it was she wasn't first. Don't forget, Eric Perriton became a, a mayor after him. You know, Eric Perriton, I, I ain't scared to say it, out of Nutty Block over there. You know, I had run-ins with him when he was a sergeant in the police department. You know what I mean? So... Um, he came next, you know, and I know it was always tension, but in these political races, it's always going to be some tension. You got to look at it from maybe Omar's perspective as far as him being a mayor, older at the time, and then the young girl come in and get the seat, you know, which he almost won back in 2017. I don't think he only lost by 300 vote votes or something. They had a runoff and, uh, and, uh, and he may saw one perspective way to run the city and, and she saw another. You know, yeah. I look at it as politics, but I don't know the personal relationship on on what you know the, the um the problem was with him. Now you mentioned Eric Perrin. I think he's an interesting person because not only was he a cop with the Compton PD, he became a prosecutor, and he was the mayor for a short right. time. So this guy has you know had an interesting career. 
Um, did you ever get to know him as close as you know Omar Bradley? No doubt. He was like, a, to be honest with him, he was, from, he was a crip. You know what I mean? In my eyes, he was a crip. And that's how I looked at him. You know what I mean? And and I'm not trying to tear him down because he he made his he made his peace. You know what I mean? When he came, when he, when he, when he, uh, I had a run in with him as, like I said, when he was a sergeant, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, he cussed me one time, you know what I mean? You Is know, that right? yeah, he cussed me, man. I, you know what I mean? And, and uh, and, uh, so I didn't respect him, you know, just based on, you know, he was hitting me with my own medicine, you know what I mean? Some gangster shit pretty much, you know what I mean? Personal level, I, I didn't know him to hate him, but you know, I'm like, okay, he, he, he a crip, so. When he became mayor, though, he came up to Lutus Park, and he bought a couple fifths of Hennessy for the homies and say, "Listen, man, I'm the mayor now. I know all the shit that we ran into because I know Heron and them used to. He used to really have uh, interactions with them. You know what I mean? I think one of the homies got down with him when he was a regular police. You know, and uh, he came up to Lutus Park. They say he, what he did was he didn't buy the Hennessy. I mean, he didn't bring the Hennessy. He left the money on the table. And say, man, listen." Get y'all something to drink. I'm the mayor now. Listen, if you got a problem, come holler at me. All the old shit is old shit. That's when I started respecting him as far as, okay, you know what I mean? At least he did try to come make some kind of amends, you know, and, and that's what a mayor should do. But I still, uh, you know I me, mean? I still wasn't no fan, you know. Well, I remember when um, Omar Bradley and Paradin, they were they were both running for mayor at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't remember exactly, but I think Paradin had won, but then they overturned it and then Omar Bradley became the mayor. It was like some weird stuff going on back in the day. Well, I know at one point they were all running and and Omar beat him out. Well, no, no, that was when Asia was was running. Oh, this is before Asia yeah, Brown. Yeah, 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 that's the one I'm thinking of. So the one you're talking about, I, I, I can't picture it right now, but I know they was going back and forth, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that that's a, a real interesting interview, man, and um, that's like, for for a guy that's just barely got into this space, man, you're making some, some hell of a strides. No, I appreciate it, but I got this, you know, thanks for, you know, thanks Alice Alonzo on Street TV and everything you've done for me, the knowledge that you've given me. You know, I still got a long way to go, you know what I mean? And and uh, But I'm definitely going to try to use what I see um, and learn and try to, you know, put in perspective on my own, you know. So, like I said, I always appreciate what you do for me, Alex, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, us doing this podcast together and, you know, us trying to get this going and, Hey man, you know definitely, hey. man. And uh, someone like Omar Bradley, that that would be someone that if if I had the connection to him as you do, I, I'd interview him uh, regularly, like once every six months. Or <laughs> right, so, right, right, know? right. Well, I know just before we get off that, um, when we by the time we finish up, you know, he's going to say some interesting things that I know people are going to say. Hold on, you're going to have to go back and uh, you know, get some more from him. You know, so you know, we're gonna see how it go. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. Hey, your girl Jada Pinkett finally made a comment regarding the smack. Did she? Yeah, she said this, man. This is her quote. She's so it's so vague and uh, mysterious. Considering all that has happened in the last few weeks, the Smith family has been focused on deep healing. That's all she said. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how to react to that. You know, I don't believe nothing she says anymore. You know, unfortunately, you know. Um, at one point, you know, I kind of thought I knew her, you know what I mean? I've been watching her since she was a kid, you know what I mean? I was one, you know, and and um, it's like I just don't have no trust and faith or nothing in her anymore. Just, 
You know, I just don't, you know. Well, I think that she's setting up one of the most watched Red Table Talk shows in their history because when they decide to address what happened at the Oscars, that's going to go viral. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, this is the thing about viral to me, Alex, you know, and, and I... I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do things for for the numbers. You know, I haven't got into that part of my life. If I ever do, I don't want to, you know, use every situation and every topic just to get some views. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that. Now, if I had a hundred million dollars, I definitely wouldn't have to be worried about going viral. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'd be viral. I go buy a new Porsche if I wanted to go viral, but I wouldn't be sitting here, you know. Um, and it seems like it's the the attention that she may be thriving because it's not the money. You know what I mean? It seems like it's actually the, the attention for her to bring it to the red table to get the spotlight on her for her to be in the media and name. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if she felt she got overshadowed by Will or I, I don't know, but you know, but it will go viral if she did do it. Well, I think they she, did do it. Well, ultimately she wants her show to be successful. She doesn't want people to talk about nobody watches the red table. You know, she wants number those numbers to be up there. It ain't about the money. It's about the success of her show and for her to say, yeah, I have a I have a show that people watch, you know. And, you know, just like we do, we want to we want people to listen. You know, what, what, what good is it if we have a show where we do every week for an hour and we only got five listeners? No, I, <laughs> I, I, I get you on that aspect. But at the same time, you know, we're not sitting up uh, creating um, situations and controversies to bring to our show. We're going to speak on the controversies and situations that happen. Now, say, if you get into it with a beef somebody, hey, we're going to go at them. You know what I mean? And, you know, but at, at my, 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 my point is, you know, not to mention... Um, I, I, just, I don't know. Maybe I just don't care for it no more. <laughs> hey, I can't believe this. There's a lot of people out there that still think yeah. the whole thing was fake. Yeah, I can't believe that either, man. You know, that definitely wasn't, um, that wasn't scripted, man. You know, by far. Why, what, what, who's, who's going to benefit? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, definitely not Will, definitely not Chris, you know, definitely not Jada, but uh, it has happened. At the end of the day, I do believe Chris Rock and Jada will uh, benefit from it. Yeah, no doubt. So um, I wanted to talk to you about this guy on YouTube that is going viral. Mm -hmm. This guy shoots a lot of hood videos. He does a lot of uh, street stuff, but he ain't from the streets at all, period. But there's this YouTuber named Miko Worldwide. And this guy is known for doing a lot of videos in the Dominican Republic, for showing you the hoods. He goes to the grimiest parts. But this guy actually was charged with a sexual assault and forced sodomy in 2018 in Georgia. Mm -hmm. They weren't able to arrest him, but he got charged. And I, somehow he knew the arrest was coming, so mm -hmm. he fled Georgia, right. went to the Dominican Republic, and became a YouTuber. And he started doing all these YouTube videos, and, all, and his videos started to go viral. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's getting 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 views on a video while he's a fugitive of the state of Georgia, he's doing YouTube right, videos. Right, right. So right there is kind of crazy um, off the bat. But what's really crazy is the the charges that he was um, f that he was uh, that I guess they hit him with. They hit him with forced sodomy mm -hmm. and sexual assault. And the victim in that case 
was either 16 or 17 years old. And at the time of this case in 2018, Miko Worldwide was 27 years old. Mm -hmm. So eventually he gets arrested in Colombia. They extradite him back to Georgia. He sits in jail and he gets arrested in 2020. He sits in there for a little over a year, about 13, 14 months. And at that time, he decides to sign an Alfred plea, which is basically saying you're guilty. Mm -hmm. But in the Alfred plea, they dropped the four sod. They took the four sodomy out of it. But it's still that sexual assault. Sexual assault. So he pled to that in the Alfred plea just so he can get out. And he got out and then he started his YouTube channel again and his and all his videos been going crazy. But what really got me is that he decided to come visit LA. Mm -hmm. He did a video in the sixties and he also went to Compton. He did a video in Gonzalez Park mm -hmm. and interviewed the homies from Fruit Town Piru. So um, my question about this guy is that, and, and there's a lot of rumors on the internet that this guy's a pedophile, and I guess that's just depends on, that's open to debate, that's open to interpretation. Right, because of the uh, statues of where he was. He was in Georgia, mm -hmm. and, I, and, and you could have consensual sex at the age of 16, so you have to be under 16 for it to be considered uh, a minor. Minor. So... In this, in, in this, uh, in the court documents, he definitely had sex with this person, but he was 16 or 17 years old. How old was he at the time? 27. Okay. So 10 year difference, maybe 11 years, depending. I'm not sure the 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 month that right, the right, was right, born. Right, 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 10, 11 years. But he's either he was either 16 years old or 17 years old when he had sex with this dude. There's no doubt he had sex with the guy. He right. admitted it in in the um in some court documents. So um, my thing is, when do you believe someone when they're trying to say they didn't do something or they're innocent? Like if this guy Miko was mm. on a prison yard and he said, yeah, I pled guilty, but I didn't plead guilty to the forced sodomy with the 16 year old, but I did plead guilty to the sexual assault. Does that change the way he's looked at when it comes to the prison politics? Well, let's change the way he looked at. I must go per individual and I'm going to take me as one individual. So I'm going to look at him as 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 sexual assault. That's going to make that's going to make my ears go up immediately. I mean, you you know, you either took something or you you ruffle somebody's feathers to to get it. You know what I mean? You know, it's assault that comes along with that sexual favor that you got. You know what I mean? And that's never a good look ever. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm going to dive into some of the circumstances. You know, if I can get the paperwork to show the circumstances that you had sex with a 16 year old. Uh, and you're 27, you know, to me, you're a piece of shit. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's just my personal feeling. But I, I really believe it's a whole bunch of other people that are say the same thing. Regardless of the law in Georgia. Regardless of the law in Georgia. You know what I mean? Now, what you did was, yeah, you beat the, it wasn't a crime, you know, but morally, dude, you, you know, morally, you, you was wrong as hell. You know what I mean? So um, sexual assault, period, though, has gone to warrant people to be on your helmet. You know what I mean? You can't be out there, you know, sexually assaulting people and then come to the yard and, you know, and, and, and talk about you a gangster or this or that, you know. And um, and um, that's just really how it is. Sexual assault going to carry, you know, the the jacket that you, you're a pedophile, just period. Even though in the state of Georgia, sexual consent is, is at 16, mm -hmm. 
if a guy that's 27 years old has sex with a 16 year old and and he hits the prison yard um how do how do how would you look at that and, and how do how would people that think like you look look at that well we would look at it as he filed you know first off he filed legally he was in within consent you know um but you still sexually assaulted somebody. You still, damn near, you're, you're a rapist. That's what's that's the term that's going to be used. That's just what it is. Even though he wasn't charged, he didn't plead guilty to rape. We, we you in here for something. You you did something. You 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 weren't innocent because you wouldn't be here. So what's the listen? You know, and then this is how we'll come at you. Hold on, hold on, dog. Listen, what's the charge on your case? Sexual assault. Okay, you're a rapist. Okay, how much time did you get for? You know what I mean? I'm not going to even give you the opportunity to tell me about your auntie, cousin, brother, sister. You know what I mean? Your charge is sexual assault, and you're in prison. I don't care about what you pleaded, no contest, the Alfred Law, um, none of that. You're a rapist, bro. Go over there with the rapist, you know what I mean, and go on. You know what I mean? Mind you, but hold on, hold on. Was it a minor? Now, this is where he could beat me at. Was it a minor? No, I wasn't a minor. Because in the state of Georgia, for him, it's not a minor. If I was to find out she was a six or he was a sixteen year old, you know, um, you, you, it was a minor to me. But unfortunately, once he said it was a he, not a she, then that changed the dynamics to me to just put you in the, you know, pretty much the gay rapist category. And I, I wouldn't even, you know, I would have to turn that over to somebody, um, you know for that kind of situation, you know. Oh, well, let me let me um explain what an Alfred plea is to all of those that are listening because Miko Worldwide and his real name is uh Wolfgang Nickel. Michael Wolfgang Nickel. Uh Miko Worldwide, he signed an Alfred plea, and this is what an Alfred plea is. An an Alfred plea in the United States is a guilty plea in criminal court where a defendant in a criminal case does not admit to the criminal act and asserts his innocence. In entering an Alfred plea, the defendant admits that the evidence presented by the prosecution would likely persuade a judge or jury to find him guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Alfred pleads are legally permissible in nearly all U.S. federal and state courts but are not allowed in the state courts of Indiana, Michigan, and New Jersey, or in the courts of the U.S. Armed Forces. Okay, so did that kind of make this? It's a little confusing, right? No, it's almost like a, a, a no contest, but it's a little different. You know, a no contest, you're just not pleading guilty. Uh, um, Alfred plea, as you just explained, is saying that you're not. Um, but you're assert. It says here you can assert your innocence. Right, you can assert your innocence, even though the prosecution probably has enough evidence to find you guilty. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I just wonder where they worded that one from and how did they come up with that one. But if your ass is in jail for it, you know what I mean? Somebody between you and that court felt, you know, you was guilty enough to be in prison. Well, I wonder why the prosecutor, this happened in Gwinnett County, for those that are interested in, in Georgia. If if you feel that this guy is guilty, then why not just fully prosecute him? What is What is the purpose of having an Alfred plea where someone that might be a sexual offender, might be a pedophile, gets to get out of jail. It's like a get out of jail free card. No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. You know, I, I, that's why I say the wording of that and the structure of that. I don't know what the purpose is, you know, and um, and uh, but because it, it was clearly, you know, now, did he do any time? 
Well, he sat in there fighting it for about a year and two months. Mm -hmm. And he probably got time served or something. Yeah, he did. He got time served for for the other, the lesser of the charges that mm -hmm. he was facing. So the sodomy, the forced sodomy was off the table right. during, for the Alfred plea. So basically, this guy can go online, as he does, and he says, no, nah, I'm innocent. I didn't do any of that stuff. I'm completely innocent. And to a certain degree, the Alfred plea allows you to talk that talk. Yeah, but the Alfred plea don't allow you to walk that walk. Because I'm going <laughs> to say, dude, you're sexual. It says sexual assault here. You know what I mean? You sexually assaulted a man. You know what I mean? And and just I'm going to just be honest with you. We're going to call you a gay rapist. You know what I mean? Not that we have anything about We're just going to call it what it is. You're gay. You pretty much raped a guy, assault. You know, that's what we're going to call a sexual assault or rape. And technically, that's not the exact same thing, maybe. But to us, it is. You know what I mean? Just to be honest with you, that's what that we're not going to give you all those gray areas. We're going to give you a title, and that's what you're going to be. Now, I understand that. You look at his paperwork, it says what it says. But it kind of... Um it makes me think about the next thing I want to talk to you about. And we're going to come back to Miko Worldwide. But Joyce Watkins, this woman was convicted of killing a four-year-old grandniece in her family named Brandy that had vaginal injuries, that had head injuries, and eventually died from those injuries at the age of four. And if you looked at Joyce Watkins' paperwork, you'd probably give her... Um, the worst yeah you want her head on the stick. yeah and, and her it, paperwork yeah. it was joyce Watkins and her boyfriend at the time charlie dunn mm -hmm. who ended up dying in prison in 2015 so if you were to look at charlie dunn's paperwork you ain't gonna let him talk himself out of that one and the, the sad part about it is we might be charlie ass <laughs> and the cold part about it is he was innocent but yeah both of these people were innocent joyce Watkins and charlie dunn uh were pronounced innocent by the state of tennessee uh they're their convictions were vacated, but they had to live with this for 30 years. And you know how hard that probably was? Yeah. Especially for him. <laughs> yeah, because he actually, it might be different when women go to prison, right? Yeah, you still have, uh, you know, you still have some women in there beating women ass, but <laughs> they may not stand on certain politics as, yeah. as, as much, you know. But, uh, but uh, I mean, I'm assuming they still can, though, because just think of somebody in prison for shooting somebody who sexually assaulted their, their kid. And um, and um, and um, so when 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 she comes through with a with a, a murder, a, a sexual assault, you know, um, but I think for me, man, I think that would be the hardest walk to walk. I mean, could just say it could happen to anybody. That situation Charlie was in could happen to any of us. And I find myself on the yard with a murder uh, circumstances, say four year old vaginal injuries and other injuries and dude's gonna you know how hard of a walk that's gonna be okay let's let's say charlie dunn ends up at your federal facility where you're doing time at f and he says look and you guys ask him for this paperwork mm -hmm. and he says look here's my paperwork but let me tell you let me explain something to you mm -hmm. i had nothing to do with this with this girl i had nothing to do with the injuries that this girl had I had nothing to do with this girl's death. I got railroaded in this case. I completely got railroaded. So, uh, and, and I, I'm, I'm coming at you man to man. Mm -hmm. I would take an ass whooping if I did this, but I did not do this and I got railroaded by this court. Right. 
Would you give him a pass? No, absolutely not. Damn. But this is what I would tell him. I'm going to say, Charlie Dunn, check this out. Bro, you might be innocent. You know what I mean? We know that I, I know a lot of homies have been convicted of crimes that they didn't do. But you can't live here, bro. Go back up there, tell them lieutenants to get you off this yard immediately. You know, that's the that's the pass you're going to get at that, that moment, you know. And that's just the sad part of the life, you know, sad part of, you know, that's the reality of it. You know what I mean? That, you know, in certain yards, you can't live here with those allegations. Man, you better be hope you, you know. Now, somebody might come to the side, though, even after he go to the, they get him off the yard. Somebody going to come back and say, you know what? Hey, homie, dude, dude, probably really innocent, homie. You know what I mean? But, hey, we going to let everybody come up in here and say they innocent? You know what I mean? So that's the structure of some of these yards. But, uh, hey, man, that's a sad situation because I can only see the reason I could say that we can all be in that situation, man, is because the dude is innocent. So, man, I, I just couldn't imagine finding myself on a yard with those circumstances, you know, uh, even trying to explain that, I, that I'm not in, you know, that I'm innocent. You know what I mean? Is there a way that, I mean, you, you've you you've seen so many people talk on a prison and, and try to explain things and, and, you know, sometimes people have their poker face. Is there a way where you could look at somebody and you can just tell you full of shit or say, you know what? I think this guy's telling the truth. Like, uh, I would assume that being in prison for all those years, you, you can pretty much read people. Nah, man, you can't. You know what I mean? Some people, you 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 can. Some people's story is so inconsistent, and you look. <laughs> I mean, you look at your homie. Like, can you believe he even saying this shit even coming out his mouth? Yeah. But you got some dudes, Alex, that lie to the T, and they <laughs> and they and they story is like almost bulletproof. You know what I mean, and 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 they stand on it, homie. I ain't going nowhere, homie. I like you said, I take my ass whooping if that was a situation. You know, y'all find any paperwork on me to say other. I mean, and really go hard. You know what I mean? Until that paperwork finally, it might say say the certain paperwork may take six months to come. I've and then you find it. out. Then you find out, man, and, and, and you kind of heartbroken. You know what I mean a little bit because sometimes you know. Pay everybody paperwork, especially in today's time, don't get there like it used to. So you didn't befriended this dude. You didn't, you know, ate with this dude. You didn't, shit, maybe ran some fades against some other motherfuckers with this dude. You know, I come to find out he he a rat, man. You know, it's, it, it, you know, for it, it'll be heartbreaking for some people. But, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But, um, yeah, Joyce Watkins and Charlie Dunn were convicted of killing their, uh, her, Joyce's niece, Brandy, who she just picked her up from a family's a family house mm -hmm. and was taking her back to her house and in the process of doing that she realized there was something wrong with Brandy mm -hmm. so she called up the mom and said hey um, she's not feeling well and then the the mom said I I'm on my way there but they live in two different states two bordering states right. Kentucky and Tennessee so when she when the mom didn't show up she just said I'm taking her to the hospital right I'm taking her to the emergency, and once she went to the hospital, um, she died a little shortly thereafter, and then they charged her because the doctor who testified in that case tried to time the injuries. Mm -hmm. were, the injuries were the injuries from the day before, or were the injuries more fresh? Right. They determined that they were fresh, so since they determined they were fresh, that means Joyce Watkins and Charlie Dunn had to have been the ones that did it. Right. But years later, they found out all her science was wrong. Mm -hmm. Everything she testified about was inaccurate, and they did determine those injuries were old injuries, meaning that were like a day, a day or two right, before. Right. 
So um, that's how Joyce Watkins ended up in in prison. And she sat there for about 30 plus years. And as of now, she don't have no money. Right. Well, they need to give her some, man. You know, and they really they need to give her a lot of it because, you know, what I mean, that was foul play, man. But don't get me wrong. You down in Tennessee, <laughs> you down in Kentucky, you down in these some of these states, man, and, and some of these courthouses, some of these counties that, that that you don't have the resources to even, you know, you don't even have the the, the lawyers with the ability to even, you know, um, fight these cases appropriately. You know what I mean? She wasn't a criminal. She didn't probably have no, you know, she matter of fact. I don't even think they had an attorney because she was felt she was innocent and they was going to find out the truth. So she was give, telling them anything they wanted to know, come get any evidence you want from the house, you know, and, and kind of didn't take her case uh, maybe as serious as she should have because she knew that she would have been found not guilty based because she didn't do it, you know what I mean? So And uh, she's 74 years old right now. Hey, man, they done took 30-something years from that woman's life, man. You know, they shouldn't wait, take no two more years to get her paid. You know, not saying that money is the is the, is the the end-all, be-all, but at least compensate this money for her to live out the rest of her life very well. Well, she's going to need a pardon from the governor, and the governor has the the discretion to issue it. There's, there's nothing that's, that's forcing the governor to even pardon her. Um, she's already free. Her conviction has been uh, overturned. But she needs the governor to pardon her in order for her to get some money. I don't get that part. I don't either, man. But that's Tennessee. And and if the governor feels like, hey, we, we can't afford the uh, whatever it would be for 30 years. You figure a uh, million dollars for every five years. And if she did 30, you figure like six, five, six million dollars. If yeah. they say, hey, we ain't got six million dollars to give away. That governor might not pardon her, man. Nah, no doubt, but that's some chicken shit. Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is the part I'm I'm talking about, about, you know, being uh, uh, um, politicians opposed to real human beings out here, man. And there's no way that this woman shouldn't be compensating and took care of for the rest of her life, you know. And, um, you know, shit, if you ain't got the 30, give her five now and, and say you're going to, you know what I mean, hustle something up later, but... That'll be that'll be foul. I, I I don't have him doing it down there in Tennessee, but I, I really hope he get the um the understanding, man, that this woman should be taken care of for the rest of her life. Well, one one good thing about this case and 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 Joyce Watkins and Charlie Dunn getting their convictions overturned was that the DA, the prosecutors, actually helped in letting the truth get out there. Because most of the time, the DAs and prosecutors, once their conviction is in there, they don't want to even touch it anymore, even if they know that that conviction might be a bad conviction. But in this situation, the, 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 the DAs in that county actually worked with the defense attorneys to bring the, the proper verdict for Joyce Watkins and Charlie Dunn. And you rarely see DAs right, right. do, wanting to do that. No, no doubt. You know, and, and, and they do sometimes, but they, they knew at their... You know, they got overwhelming evidence, man, that this lady just sitting up in here and rotting away at, at, at the expense of, you know, being innocent. Now, there was um, there was a case here in L.A., Geronimo Pratt, who got sent to prison in the 70s. He did 27 years, and in 97, they released him. Mm -hmm. And the district attorney here in L.A. at the time was Ira Reiner, L.A. County. And Ira Reiner did a press conference saying that... Um, he might seek to re-prosecute Geronimo Pratt after they just released him. Mm. So what they ended up, the way Geronimo got out was they didn't like overturn his conviction. They just let him post bail. 
after 27 years. And Ira Reiner said that uh, I think I might prosecute. Like they did not want to admit that they did any wrongdoing in the prosecution of Geronimo Pratt. And that's why I'm, uh, to, to see the DAs in this situation right, with Joyce right. Watkins and Charlie Dunn work together with the defense attorneys, that's kind of refreshing because I never see DAs wanting to help because you're basically admitting we messed up. And once you admit we messed up, now you're, you're liable to pay out some money. Right. So um, it's crazy, man. We, we got a bunch of cases here in L.A., but oftentimes the L.A., the L.A. District Attorney's Office does not want to help. I worked on three post-conviction cases where we got all the guys out, mm-hmm. but we had to fight. <laughs> we had to fight against the, uh, no doubt. the office. Yeah, you know? yeah you're going to fight against them. You know, they don't want to overturn no convictions, you know. And um, that's the sad part, you know what I mean? They don't want to overturn no convictions. They would rather give you a lesser sentence and let you out with, with that conviction in place before they want to overturn your conviction. But it's just sometimes you have to. Well, how do you feel that it took them like 30 years to even... And, and and the lady been saying, Joyce Watkins been saying, I'm innocent and been having people work on this case, but it took 30 years. I mean, that's crazy. Why so long? Well, once that examiner said or that doctor said that they believed these wounds were fresh, I believe at that point some people believed that, you know, what that examiner said was law. Yeah. And I think that's what's made the case stick for so long You know, you have an expert witness, per se, come in, you know, and you didn't give an expert testimony. You know, your testimony or your beliefs at that time or your training at that time wasn't up to par in order to give this woman a fair trial. Well, I'm glad she's out, 74 years old, and I hope she gets to enjoy the rest of her life with some of this money that the state of uh, Tennessee should give her. No doubt. But back to this Miko Worldwide dude. Yeah, let's get back to that. What really got me on this is that you know, I, I watch all the hood videos on mm-hmm. YouTube uh, when I get a chance. When he got out of jail, he came to L.A. and he was in Gonzalez Park doing a video with the homies from Fruittown Pyru. And that's what made me say, wait up. This is this is too close to home for me. Right. You know, I, I didn't I didn't um, I, I knew his story. I knew about the allegations. But now you in my area now. How long ago was this, T.D.? He was uh, out here, out, out on the West Coast. 2022. Okay, now let me tell you what the problem is. The problem is this. The problem is people see celebrities and dudes who trending on uh, YouTube with five, 600,000, a million views, you know, and they got a buzz. So when they see these dudes, you know, the first thing they do is they don't even check their history. They don't even see where they came from. They don't even check their background. You don't know if they're a rat, if they're a pedophile. You don't know nothing about them. All you know is you see them on YouTube doing big numbers. And this is the problem with the starstruck community, you know, um, and I can't even call them kids. There's grown-ass men that starstruck when they see certain people. There's no way this dude should have been lying on Gonzalez Park with somebody doing a thorough background check on him. That park is a legendary park, you know, represented by the Compton Power Rules. And, you know, I don't know if that's who he... Yeah, you say he was there visiting some fruit town. They should just did more due diligence, man, on this cat before they just let him in like that. And it, it doesn't take a lot of work. All it takes is you could do this on your phone. If the guy says, hey, I want to come interview y'all. Okay, what's your name? I'm Miko Worldwide. Okay, let me check you out first. No doubt. Let me look you up. And if you look the brother up, you, this is what you would have found. You would have found mug shots all over the internet with this dude facing sexual assault, forced sodomy charges, 
not just one, but multiple mugshots. Right, right. You know, and then you could have been like, okay, what's this dude charged with? Because uh, I already told one of the homies from Fruit Town about him after the fact, and he said if he would have known, I would have never even. He said I'm not even gonna watch this dude anymore. Well, that's the thing about it. What people do is they don't go check the car facts. They go check the YouTube facts. <laughs> they want to go look at the views. How many views the dude got instead of you know checking his pulling his rap sheet and seeing what he actually about. You know, and that's the thing about you know a dude like me. When I've been in a lot of situations where I ran into a lot of celebrities, and I might shy off to the side. You know what I mean? While the homie, yeah, this the homie said this. I might slide off to the side. You know, I don't know you. I don't. I don't know the whole situation with you. So I'm not finna be in the picture with you. You know what I mean? Not saying there's something wrong with you. I'm just protecting. You know, the, being me and doing what I do. I'm not just hopping in a picture because this dude got a name or I see him on Instagram or YouTube or even in a movie. You know what I mean? So you know. They got to let stop, not just, the, you know, homies, they, people, period. Stop letting these, you being starstruck by these dudes. Do your homework, man, because when you're on a picture with a, with a, with a, with a rapist, you know, a picture with a rat, now you're talking about you didn't know. Yeah, that's because you didn't, you didn't, you didn't care to check. Yeah, and it's, it's not, it's not difficult to check at all. I mean, you could just, you could, you could do this check in, in one minute. But yeah, I feel you on that. There's a, there's a lot of platforms that I would never collaborate with. There's a lot of other content creators that I would stay away from. Uh, there, there's dudes that want to interview me right now, and I, I don't want to go on there. People tell me, hey, why don't you go on there, man? You, that dude got a, a huge platform. No, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to go on certain people's platform because I don't believe in the way they deliver their content. Well, let me ask you this real fast. I understand exactly what you're saying. I feel that. Nobody's pressing Miko worldwide in no kind of way about his his conviction there's about three three or four guys on youtube nobody on his helmet like but i mean not physically right 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 there's people that are, are creating videos saying hey i'm gonna warn y'all about this dude yeah 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 but he has a way of just going to his channel and, and he does a video basically he's saying he's innocent right right and right. he's able to do that because of the alfred plea the alfred plea has that little clause in there that even though it says the prosecution has enough evidence to mm -hmm. get a guilty verdict mm -hmm. Um, we're going to allow you to get out of jail free and you can claim your innocence even though you're guilty, kind of. I mean, it just doesn't even, it just doesn't even make sense because what I read earlier, it, it seems like there's a contradiction in it a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, you, you can assert your innocence, but we have enough evidence to persuade a judge or jury to find you guilty. So then why not prosecute him? Right, right, right. Why are you letting him go home? because he signed a paper and now he signed a paper that allows him to say, look, I'm innocent of all of these charges. I just wanted to get out of jail. So I signed the Alfred plea. So they were railroading me. I mean, he could actually come at you like that and say, I was getting railroaded. I ain't never raped. No dude. I ain't never, I didn't even, well, he can't say he didn't have sex with him because I think he admitted it in that the, part in the, yeah, in the yeah, paperwork. Yeah. So he, he's definitely gay. There's no doubt about it. No, no that. doubt about it, but I believe the allegations against him, man. You know, like you said, out to me, you wouldn't even have an Alfred law. You wouldn't have a law that 90% of my homies ain't never even heard of, you know, the reason you got out of jail. You know, nobody else knew about this Alfred law. Nobody else then got out on it, you know. Now, on the back end, you know, um, I'm always suspect for guys like that, you know what I mean? Just based on, homie, how did you get this, this deal? How did you get them to agree to an Alfred law? You know what I mean? You know, did you tell them something? You know, I'm always going to go that route. But at the same time, you know, uh, 
yeah, we, people got to just be mindful of who all these, you know, celebrities and people with big names and do your homework, man. Well, I'm, I'm going to also say this. I, I, I talked to a friend of mine that lives in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, we were on the phone and I said, hey, have you ever heard of this dude, Miko Worldwide? He was like, have I? Yeah. He said, everybody down there is talking about him. Yeah. Because they said they there's some rumors that he's done some foul things down there, allegedly. Mm-hmm. You know, the Dominican police haven't arrested him or charged him with anything. But I'm getting information from people who live down there in the DR that this guy has been, um, I guess, People are warning everybody about this guy. Yeah, you know, be careful about this guy, Miko Worldwide, or his name, Michael Michael Wolfgang Nickel. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I just wanted to put that out there. You know, be if hey, if you guys are in LA and you're from a hood and this guy hits you up, hey, I guess it's up to y'all if you if you want to be on this dude's platform. But hey, do your research, look him up, Michael Wolfgang Nickel, N I C H O L. And what, what if what if one of the homies from from Cross Atlantic said, "Hey, this dude Miko hit me up. He want to come to the hood and do an interview. What would you what would you say to I'm him?" I'm gonna tell him, man, protect them cakes, homie, because he might try to knock you out. You know what I mean, and run up in you. But um, you know, I'm gonna hit him with that. That's gonna make him be like, "Huh?" Be like, "You don't know the guy too well, then, huh?" You know what I mean? And um, you know, let him know. This is what the charges is. This is what the allegations was. He was arrested for this. Now you take it from there. And if you go do an interview with him, then I may, I may look at you a little different, you know. But, you're, you know, you're a grown man. You can do what you want to do. But uh, just certain shit I don't condone. Um, um, sexual assault, it still has to be in that file of his arrest, you know, still has to be in there, you know. Well, a lot of people uh, told me that, hey, if, if this guy is what the Georgia says he is, He's gonna strike again somewhere, somehow. Right. But it could be this is why he goes to places like the Dominican Republic and Colombia because you can kind of get away with stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. He can go in there, slide in, slide out, slide somebody a few dollars, you know. But like you say, eventually, you know, somebody's gonna, you know, so it's gonna come up again, or you know, if that if that's what you're doing, you know. My boy in the Dominican Republic said that Miko Worldwide hangs out in this area where there's known prostitution, male prostitution, female prostitute, one of the grimiest areas of the Dominican Republic. And, um, you know, just letting people know this is this is where he hangs out at. This is where he stays when he comes to the Dominican Republic. Well, the thing about it, man, you still don't forget we in L.A. So, you know, you may have some people that welcome him here, you know what I mean, for the things that he do in that nature, you know. So um, I'm not knocking him if he just, you know, if, if he's gay, I'm not knocking him because of that. I'm knocking him, you know, for me, it's because because it was legal in Georgia, it's not legal in my mind. Don't forget the guy he had sexually assaulted was 16 years old. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people, you know, not taking that part into consideration or we not mentioning it enough that that's the reason I'm on his helmet because I'm taking that 16 part into consideration. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm I'm gonna label him a, a gay rapist. Well, it's a possibility that the uh, the victim in this case was 17 because of not knowing the exact month, month right, that, right, that right. the guy was born in. Um, but here's a question: Can a 24 year old date a 16 year old in Georgia? 
And it says here, the dating laws in Georgia, consensual dating between adults and minors is not a valid defense for statutory rape in Georgia. Regardless of consensual relationships, sexual intercourse with a person under the age of 16 in Georgia is statutory rape. So I guess they're saying 16-year-olds. Yeah, you won't even have a statutory rape on your record. Nah. Right, right, right. So, But you still look at a man that's 27 having sex with a boy that's 16, very suspect, even though Georgia condones it. No, no doubt, but that's just my morals. Yeah. You know, that's my morality. That's my, you know, how I think on, on the inside. You know, me personally, I don't date young women or never have. If if I wasn't married right now, you know, I'm 49, Alex. I'm, I'm 40 may be the lowest. You know what I mean? That's my personal purpose. Hugh Hefner, you know, went all the way down to 18, and nobody looked at him <laughs> no other kind of way, but that's not my thing. No, I think you it's know. extremely uh, unethical. I think you got to have some serious issues if, if Miko um, Worldwide likes to mess with 16 or 17-year-olds. That's a serious issue. He's now 31 years old. But um, the last thing I'll say on this is that there's a question here for Georgia. Is it legal for a 16-year-old to date an 18-year-old in Georgia? It says here, it's an uncomfortable question for parents. In Georgia, a 16-year-old can have sex with an 18-year-old, a 25-year-old, or even a 50-year-old, as long as the adult isn't a teacher, coach, or uh, or in a position of official power, then it's not a crime. Dang. So they have that little caveat yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's crazy, man. <laughs> so a teacher can't have sex with a 16-year-old. Right. But, but if you're not, but those are the exceptions: teachers, coaches, and people of, of official power. So, man, um, I hope um, everyone goes do their research on Mr. Miko Worldwide. I would say, dude, um, stay stay out of L.A., man. <laughs> stay out of Compton. Stay out of Watts, Long Beach, yeah. because um, some of the homies might let you come in the hood, but most of the ones that I've talked to, they don't want you to come. They don't want you to come visit, but um, at your own risk, right? No doubt. Yeah. All right, man, where can um, people find you and um, get some of these beautiful shirts that you just um, got made? Uh, you can find me at uh, FG Unleashed on YouTube. Um, you can also find me at F General one on Instagram. You can uh, DM me on Instagram, and uh, we can set something up with either Zelle or Cash App. Cash App is uh, FG Thornton, and uh, we I'll have them out to you in a day or two. Um, tap into my uh, FG Unleashed. Check out my videos. Uh, subscribe, hit the like button. I really appreciate it. And everyone can go check out um, your Omar Bradley interview. Oh, no doubt. Hey, check out the Omar Bradley interview. It's a really good interview. Yeah, go check out the Omar Bradley interview. Uh, you know, I, I consider him an icon of uh, Southern California, former mayor of Compton. Um, you know, go, go tap in and check that interview out. And hit me up at Alex Alonso 101 Street TV on YouTube. And tap into all the podcast platforms and check out um, check out Streets and Scholars. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Follow us on Spotify, Google, Apple. And we're out. Yeah.